Welcome to Short Course, episode 46, for January 25th, 2019. I'm your host, Ben Barry. I wanted to start 2019 by looking back at 2018, look at the practices, the matches, the conclusion, and sort of look at the year as a whole. I think it's very easy to get caught up in thinking about the next club match, next section match, next nationals, you know, whatever you're working towards, and not necessarily reflect on the arc of the last couple matches. Yeah, maybe you think about the last match or two, but a lot of times it's easy to forget about things that have happened and it's only in retrospect that some of the patterns emerge. And so I thought that was a good exercise to go through before 2019 gets into high gear and and just reflect on 2018 and see if there's anything that I can take away from it. Going just to the numbers, so in 2018, I shot 20 matches, four of those were majors, 16 club matches, and for the year I had about 20 practice sessions, and between the matches and practice I shot about 14,000 rounds, which sounds like a lot within within the people at sort of the level that I'm trying to be competitive at, within the, the people at the GM level, I would say 14 is probably average or maybe low, um, but you know, it's, it's what I could shoot in the, the time allotted. I definitely would say that 2018 was one of my more focused years, at least certainly historically, it's been the, the year that I've spent the most time dedicated to practice and tried to to continue to sort of pull back from shooting too many club matches and, and reserving enough time for practice. That said, 2018 was also a very odd year in that I ended up spending a great deal of time and energy teaching classes uh, in the, the first part of the year, so between March and June. And you know, the, the classes are still an interesting topic for me because I I really enjoyed teaching the classes. I got a lot out of them. They were extremely satisfying to teach, uh, just to be able to sort of help people and, and give them something that had taken me six months or a year or my entire shooting career to figure out and see that it's exactly what they needed to kind of unlock something and, and show them something that, that they were doing that they didn't even realize they were doing. All of that was extremely rewarding and very interesting and also very helpful to me as a competitor because it it forced me to explain some things that I took for granted or get very good at explaining and demonstrating basics and fundamentals. It required me to put on, honestly, there, there was more pressure in some of those classes to perform than on any stage that I've ever shot because I've always taken into stages and matches the idea that, yeah, nobody really is watching you too closely. Nobody really cares because your final score is an aggregate of all the stages. So you're not really trying to make anything particularly special happen on any any individual stage. You just step up and, and shoot your best. But there is something about trying to do a, a live demo of a skill that you only really get one shot at it and, and you want to you wanna portray what you're trying to teach in a good light. So... It was challenging in that way and it was very rewarding, but ultimately in in retrospect, looking back at the year, it just was too much of a, a drain on my free time to practice. So in a given month, I have, let's say, four weekends. Each weekend has two days, so I have eight days to allocate for weekend stuff. Well, on any given weekend, I usually can only spend one of those at the range in the months that I was teaching a class, I was usually teaching two classes just because that was the way that the scheduling worked out. That meant that I was usually shooting, usually it was two club matches and teaching two classes and then trying to find somewhere in the middle to sneak in a practice session. 
or sometimes it would be one club match, two classes, and one practice session. But anyway, it, it ended up being a huge amount of time and a huge amount of, of physical energy invested in teaching the classes, which again, I got returns on. I'm glad I did it. But in terms of my practice, it my, my practice slipped badly. So one way to, to kind of look at this is, is to walk through the, the four major matches that I shot in the year. And I think that kind of dovetails in with the with what I was saying with classes. And so we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. So I did the first class in March and then two more in April. And those three happened before the first my first major match of the year, which was the South Carolina section the first weekend in April in South Carolina. When I look back at my South Carolina match footage, honestly, I didn't have a really strong memory of South Carolina. Part of it was it it got a little bit washed away in the in the craziness of starting up the classes and getting them running and then always trying to be prepared for the next one. But when I went back and looked at the match footage, honestly, what I see in that match for me is someone who was sort of going through the motions. I sort of knew how fast I needed to move the gun around and how fast I needed to pull the trigger. And I did those things. I, I performed the techniques and the end result was generally sloppy shooting, uh, fairly, fairly poor points, a number of mics, a lot of deltas and steel misses from either not letting the sight settle or pulling off targets too early. So just kind of trying to shoot at a, at a predetermined pace, trying to shoot at the pace that I thought I needed to shoot to be competitive. And you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible finish, but it wasn't great either. I was sixth production, five out of the GMs, with three mics for the match and eighty nine percent of points shot. So nothing terrible, but the the finish just didn't add up. It just wasn't particularly good. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't particularly good either. But again, at the time, I was in the middle of of doing these classes and and not really practicing that much, and so I I don't know that I really looked too hard at the results. I just kind of said, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't really feel that prepared. So I guess I kind of did okay considering, oh, well, you know, back to classes. And that was when things were starting to get warm and, and you know, the weather was really working against me. And I pretty much continued down that track until the second major match of the year that I shot, which was IPSC Nationals in the middle of July. And by this point, I taught four more classes, two, two more in May and two more in June. In fact, the week before I left for IPSC Nationals, I was not on the range practicing. I was on the range teaching a class. And it really showed. You know, I, I had signed up for the match months in advance, and, and I had been looking forward to it. And I'd been dry firing. I'd been regularly practicing that, but the, I, I just didn't have the time behind the gun live firing. And I'd been having some okay matches, but not great. I didn't really feel particularly prepared. And when I got down to IPSC Nationals, the the morning of the first day, it was a, it was a two-day match. Um, let's see, if memory serves, I was just kind of slow and uncoordinated on the first stage. And it was a, it was the stage where you had to pick up the barbell to open up the max traps. And so I just kind of got out of order and just was not shooting particularly well. It wasn't terrible, but was just kind of slow on the second stage. That was the, was like strong hand at 15 yards with the, with the partial. And I took a miss on one of those. So that was, those were the first two stages of the day. Third stage, 
it was it was kind of like South Carolina. I was just going through. This was a more of a field course. I think it was a long course, and I was just kind of going through the motions, kind of shooting at the pace that I thought I needed to be shooting at, and that ended up. I was pulling off this one steel target too early, and it was a steel target that activated a swinger and ended up doing a standing reload. So that was stage three. So I'm already kind of feeling like this match is not off to a good start. I believe it was a 16-stage match, so it wasn't a super long number of, uh, of stages to, to eat up any mistakes. And being IPSC, the stages on average were, were shorter, so not a lot of room to, uh, to, to have flubs like that. Then I went and shot the fourth stage, and it didn't really go particularly well. And then at unload and show clear, the RO informed me that I'd swept myself while unloading, while getting up from this this kind of leaning board. And honestly, you know, the 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 first thought through my head at the time was like, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. Like that's the kind of day I'm having. Um, and that was to me that was that was the wake up call. That was kind of the turning point on which the year turned for me. Don't get me wrong. When you're driving back to the airport and then flying home because you've DQ'd from a from a match that you flew to, you have a lot of time to think. And by the time I got home, there were there were a couple things clear. One was that I was lucky that I had almost three months until U.S. Nationals because U.S. Nationals this year was uncharacteristically late in the year. And so that actually worked in my favor this time. And so I thought, I've got three months to to, to turn this around. But if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to make a, a genuine run at it, I've I've got to stop doing classes. It's just it's too much of a drain on practice time, and that's what got me into this situation. That's what made me feel so unprepared, and not just feel unprepared, but genuinely be unprepared, be unconfident, be too loose, not be decisive in my in my gun handling and in my movement. And it was just it was just leading to bad performance and. And just looking at shots and going, I don't know, can I make that? When's the last time I practiced anything like that? And that's that's just not the feeling you want to have at a nationals. And so by the time I got home, we hadn't we didn't have any classes on the on the books, and so I just um, I just didn't schedule any more, and I just got to work and just put in practice as much as I could every every opportunity that I had, stepping things up. I I took a step back from club matches. I only shot two USPSA club matches in those in those three months between IPSC and US Nationals. And other than that, it was just practice every weekend I could. And of the of the 14,000 rounds that I shot, about 6,000 of those, give or take, about 6,000 was in those three months. And that was, I think if there's something that that went right in my in my year, I think that was it, was flying back on that plane and sort of making the decision to get serious about this, try and turn things around, stop skimping on practice because clearly it was not having a good result and just see how much I could pull out of this dive in the, in the three months leading up to, to us nationals. And I was pretty happy with the outcome. It's, it's always tough to measure something like finish at a, at a us nationals where attendance in the division might vary from year to year, but when I went to nationals at the end of October, so that was my my third major match of the year, I ended up coming in exactly the same place, exactly the same finish as I did the year before, 25th production, in what I think is generally agreed to be a, a deeper field. And my so Ben Steger won it last year, and he won it again this year, and my percentage finish of his improved by three percentage points from 79.5 to 82.5. So to be 
what I would consider a, a sort of compromised training year, a suboptimal training year in the sense that I it was basically up until July, I was more focused on training others than training myself to, to be able to turn that around and come back and still gain some ground and and come back a better shooter than than I was last year. Uh, in that sense, I, I would say that that was a success. Now, that's not to say that things went perfectly. There were definitely your your usual share of mishaps and miscellany that that I definitely took away. Nothing really generally applicable, just little things about how I how I prep my gear for the match and and mental approach to to stages and keeping keeping an even keel between stages and that sort of thing. But on the whole, for the result, uh, for being a fairly challenging match with fairly intense competition to to have come out and come to where I did after the the debacle at, at IPSC Nationals. I was pretty happy with that one. And then the fourth major that I shot in, in 2018 was the North Carolina section. Now, originally this was scheduled to be before the U.S. Nationals, and originally I was going to be working it. My wife and I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons, mostly just wanting to give back to the sport and, and support the, the sport in our home state, make sure that the, the state match was to the best of our ability, as, as high quality as it could be, by you know volunteering, not just kibitzing after the fact. And so we had actually signed up to, to work a stage as staff. She's a CRO, I'm a CRO. There ended up, the, the match ended up being canceled because the hurricane blew through and it ended up being rescheduled to be after the U.S. Nationals. And so it ended up just uh, coming a couple weeks afterwards, which was interesting because originally Nationals was sort of supposed to be the end of the season. And then it there was kind of this overtime period, you could say, or something like that, that, that was tacked on to the end, which actually I think worked to my advantage in that one of the takeaways that I took from from Nationals was just the way that I was approaching stages and the way sort of the, the way I was aiming and thinking through distant targets and picking aiming points and that sort of thing. It, it didn't really work. I, one of the things I was particularly disappointed in at, at my Nationals finish was, was percentage of points shot. So at, at U.S. Nationals, I only had only um, across a 400 and something round match. I only had three mics and a no shoot, which obviously isn't great. But on the match of that size, I wasn't going to beat myself too bad up too bad about them. Uh, most of them were were pretty close uh, hardcover mics, that kind of thing. But across the whole match, it was the 87 percent of points shot that that really bothered me because that was just unacceptable. I mean, there was one stage. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was something like 19 Alpha, 10 Charlie, something like that. I mean, it was just not good. So coming out of that, I, I was I was frustrated by that, and and something I took into the last three weeks of of the 2018 season was an emphasis on points, aiming aiming in a little bit more, letting the sights settle a little bit more, and and making sure to not just to sort of shoot at a predetermined pace, but make sure to actually aim appropriately to the target and make sure that the sights were there on the second shot. And also coming out of U.S. Nationals and then the club match the week after, I was noticing just some mental flubs, some stage planning errors, just not visualizing stages to the level that I needed to. And so I took the week before the NC section match to shoot an extra club match just to get some more practice on visualizing stage plans and and making sure to aim on various difficulty targets because let's be honest no matter how how creatively you set up your practice stages you are never going to get the diversity of targets that you get in a in a match situation so i was certainly looking to test my sort of mental focus on that on aiming on different diversity of targets 
in a, in a match context. And so I actually switched up a little bit, ended up shooting those two club matches instead of the practicing like I'd originally planned the week before the NC section. I think it worked out. Um, I was I was pretty happy with the results. So I ended up coming in. So last year, I came in second in production behind uh, Tyler Turner from Georgia, who, since he's not from North Carolina, meant that the North Carolina state champion title technically fell to me. But this year, because of the rescheduling, the the out of town folks weren't able to make uh, weren't able to make the match in in significant numbers, and so I actually ended up taking both overall in production and the the state champion title. So for being sort of a a rescheduled match with a an odd turnout, um, honestly, I thought the the match was great. The stages were were quite good, but to be able to take the the things that went well at nationals, make a few tweaks. Um, so I ended up shooting that match. 93% of points shot with without a single penalty, which I was quite proud of. I would say if there's if there's anything in this year that that I would look at and say I was really proud of, that that would be it, is coming back, shooting the NC section, and just cruising, I don't want to say cruising, but steadily just plotting my way through stage to stage. I only had two stage wins, and they were on two of the three stages that were 10 shots or less. So it was... Um, I, I was not I was not winning the match on stage wins. It was just consistently executing, not trying to burn anything down, shooting good points, and not not racking up any penalties. So I was I was pretty pretty proud of that. Pretty happy to be able to make that change only a couple weeks after U.S. Nationals. And what I took away from particularly the the second half of the year after the the DQ at IPSC Nationals was the idea that my goal sort of shifted from achieving some kind of a you know, perfect practice schedule, the kind that only the best can dream of, to saying, I'm in a bad situation. All that I can commit to doing is whatever is within my power. Just do everything that I can, and whatever the result comes out, then then that's that's what it'll be. And like I said, I, I was pretty happy with the results of that. You know, would I have liked to be top 16 at production nationals? Sure. Yeah. But at the level of participation that I'm at right now, I don't know if that's really realistic. And and that's okay because if I can put in an honest amount of practice and continue seeing results, continue being proud of the the performances that I can lay out, then that actually turns out to be quite satisfying. And that was something that, that 2018 taught me. And so that's definitely shaping my goal, like I talked about last week, going into 2019 of just doing doing everything I can, not necessarily trying to break my back and, and place arbitrary performance goals on myself because – Ultimately, it's, I don't think that that's very productive, and I don't think it's very satisfying. If I can, if there's one thing that I do take away from this experience in 2018, it was that trying to to dedicate myself to the process, just putting in the hours, finding the hours wherever I could, making it a priority to to practice whenever it could be fit in around the various other things in in life. But by making it the priority, so anytime there was spare space, I would kind of try and find a a good time to go to the range in the weekend if if I could rearrange things. So one of the days was going to be rainy, then I would do other things on the rainy day and go to the range on the practice day. And just doing doing what I could and, and being content with the results in the in the matches, seeing the kind of outcome that that can bring was was actually pretty enlightening. And uh and that's that's the attitude that I'm taking away into into 2019 as well, with the added benefit that I also will have the additional training time and the additional focus and resources to be able to practice at a higher level 
while also taking that same attitude that that brought good results last year. So I would say I'm fairly optimistic about 2019. I definitely have a few technique changes that I'm that I've gotten the works that I'm hoping will really just sort of bring everything together all the all the things that I've been working on for the past couple of years, particularly around, you know, changing the the grips on my gun and changing the way that I grip the gun and just really starting to reap the benefits of having switched to a platform that does everything I needed to do and then just sticking there. You know, it's it's January right now, it's shot show season. There's all kinds of guns, new fancy guns, some of them even production legal, um, being posted on Instagram. And I just look at all of them and I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe that's a 5% performance increase, maybe. But the the dip in performance that it would take to switch and and just make any change at this point versus just keeping on with with what has clearly been working. I mean, after sort of getting all the bugs worked out in 2017, even into 2018, honestly, as I was reviewing some of my my footage for to to prepare for this episode, I, I realized that I was having issues even up until about the middle of 2018, just the way that I was running my press and, and not seating the primers as deeply as they needed to be. And even though I wasn't running a particularly light hammer spring or a, a particularly I wasn't even like I was running an aftermarket firing pin. I was still getting some some high primer issues, and luckily that that's pretty much gotten worked out. I know I know what the primers need to feel like now. I know what it takes to get that out of the press, and so even if it takes a little bit longer to reload to make sure that that's happening, the the number of light primer strikes coming up in practice or in matches has just gone down by by a huge factor. So having having those little things worked out, just being able to trust that I can just load the ammo and go shoot it and just trust that it'll work is, it's it's a good feeling. And I, <laughs> there's really nothing, like nothing at this point that I would trade for that. Just knowing that when I load the ammo, it's going to go off, that these guns just work. I, I don't have to mess with them. That's, that that clears the mind. It just lets you focus on practice. It just lets you focus on doing all the, the changes to your technique that you need to do and not be distracted by any kind of gear changes. So that's that's definitely something going forward and I'm I'm trying to think I really don't have any upcoming gear changes that I'm planning to make everything's squared away and so looking forward into into this year just the ability to 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 bear down to focus and just just knock out practice wherever I can and and reap as much progress from that as I can without making any gear changes without any of that it's um it's a good feeling I'm optimistic I'm I'm looking forward to it well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. My email is podcast at barryshooting.com. You can follow me on Instagram at bsberry or see my match videos at youtube.com slash benberryuspsa. Talk to you next time.